I'm Melissa. And I'm Jesse. And welcome to our show. A Nameless Production. And today we are here. <laughs> yes, we are. We're here. We are here just chilling. We've been at the studio all day long. Um, we've been, I mean, I think Jesse and I probably had eight business meetings today. We both just sat there for like probably four hours straight with our laptops. Yeah, and just went over things and... And papers um, and the iPad and also our phones all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We got a lot of stuff accomplished today. We have a lot of things in the making. We have 2023 coming up, and so we want to make sure that we have all the things that we've been working on ready because yes. we are on fire and we have so many amazing things that we have that literally you guys are going to be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what you guys have been doing. Yeah. So <laughs> we had this. Um, <laughs> I shared a meme about, oh, you mean people just start a task and finish it instead of doing 14 things at once like a squirrel on cocaine? Yeah. I guess that was our business model was a squirrel going crazy. Do 14 things at the same time and don't get anything like... All the way. All the way. <laughs> and so now we are at the end of all of those things. Yeah. And we get to start laying them down yeah and setting off those bombs and it's going to be one after another after another so we hope you guys are ready yeah because we i mean as you guys know we've been working really hard um you guys only see what we're doing here when you see our episodes or if you see us on facebook you see that we're you know running all kinds of different um projects and stuff we also have been here all day working and our brains are not working very well and we smoked a lot of weed yeah well we did all of those things yeah. Because we've been here for so long, and um, <laughs> it, it's one of those days where you're like, dang, I need a vacation. And so, but we already did a vacation. And in our last episode, we went camping. Yeah. Fake camping. Fake camping. Because we, we did the Blair Bitch Project. It was funny. And <laughs> it was funny? <laughs> right? You guys, it was funny, right? I'm letting you know. You guys, it was funny. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, so it was, it was funny. It was funny? Okay. And, um, <laughs> we were supposed to laugh. I, so this weekend I came to the studio to work and if you follow our show, you know, I'm kind of a weekend wanderer where I bounce around on the weekend so that my kids can have time with their dad and At we like the house. split the house. And so I, I worked all day and I'm like, dang, I don't want to go back and just be all up in their beeswax. So I hit up Melissa, can I stay in your extra room? And she said, yes, you can. But the extra room is we are going camping. <laughs> And we went camping. Yeah. So I got home. We haven't went camp camping in like over a year. I, I think it's been like a year and a half. Um, we have all the things. We have an RV. We have, um, or, you know, whatever that thing's called, a trailer. We have a Can-Am. We have all the fun things. It's just they've been sitting just parked. First 25 episodes, yeah. it was like, oh, sorry we didn't put an episode out for so long. Melissa was camping. Yeah. Melissa was at the river. Yeah. Melissa was on vacation. Melissa it, was in Jesse's Arizona. like, God, how many vacations do you take? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it just stopped. Yeah. 
Well, he came, yeah, so he came and he picked everything up and he brought it all home. And I come home and he's sitting out there and he's so happy. He, like, worked so hard all day long by himself, like, washing the whole trailer and, like, getting up on the top and scrubbing it because it's been sitting for a year and a half. Him talking so, about it was fucking funny, dude. <laughs> a, I got, I went like this. And then I went. And then I just down the rest of the trailer like. Uh, yeah, because it's a it's, big trailer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like 36 feet or something. So it's a big fucking thing. He and, worked all day. And, and he, so I come home and he's, you know, dirty and sweaty and, you know, he worked hard, but he's got a smile on his face and he's happy that it looks so beautiful. And I'm like, so what are you going to do? Just go sit on the couch now? And he's like, well, I mean, I'm done. And I was like, well, then let's go camping. And he's like, hmm. And I said, dude, I know there's a campsite very, very close to here, and we should call them and see if they have a spot. So we called them. They had a spot, and literally, the campsite was, like, two miles from my house. Everybody was super, like, what, Melissa? Okay. Um, yeah, it was literally 7 p.m. I'm like, <laughs> it's nighttime. Like, it's after dinner time. Like, we're going camping. I'm like, what are we going to do? We're just going to sit on the couch. It's a Saturday night. Like, fucking, the whole thing's beautiful and clean. Let's go make that bitch dirty. Welcome to my other home. I've never fucking seen this before. Where I, like, impromptu was like, we're going camping. So, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> My palm trees. I noticed. I was like, wow. There's, oh, you've seen them before. There's plants. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there's, um, you're missing a grass rug. <laughs> We're missing a grass rug? <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell him. He's <laughs> like, you fuckers. <laughs> is it? opportunity to do something and you can do it you should do it because it makes such a great memory we had such a good time just hanging out it was one night it you know we had to pack it up again but um it was one night that we went out everybody had a great time I used to be spontaneous um back in my drinking days and I was telling Jesse about this how my um my Melissa versus Missy uh spontaneousness is completely different because 
back in the day when I would drink and I would have an idea like this, everybody would be there. Literally, Demir would come home from work on a Friday all tired and I'm like, oh, guess what? We're gonna go fucking, we're gonna go camping and fucking so-and-so's coming, so-and-so's coming, this person's coming. And like, I invited this other person who we haven't seen in like six years, they're gonna come. And it's like, I had to always have like a big fucking production. production. A huge one. Like, every weekend I was doing something huge production and he's like, what the fuck? Slow down. <laughs> so this time it was nice because it wasn't a huge production. I told Jesse, hey, invite a few people. So remember I when did. I wrote that? When I wrote that, that was my old habits right there. I invited oh, a couple people yeah. and then I was like, was I'll so wait last minute. <laughs> like an hour and then I, un I unsent it. I was like... <laughs> There's like a window for this message to make sense. And if they don't see it in this window, <laughs> I'm just going to avoid it. Yeah. I like the unsend. Yeah. People hate it. Oh, yeah. I fucking laugh. <laughs> You're all, you don't even know what I said. Because they ask me, <clears throat> what'd you say? I'll tell them. <laughs> it's not a secret. I just, oh, never mind. Yeah. That's what it is to me. Yeah, I do like that. <laughs> People hate it. <laughs> okay, so she was talking about Missy versus Melissa. We have a Patreon, and we sometimes we go a couple weeks without putting anything on there, and then all of a sudden we're like, nah, we gotta give our Patreon love. We recorded a really long one. Melissa always is saying how recording and doing all, everything that we do is like therapy. It's like therapy. And whenever we talk to people, they're like, dang, thank you for saying that. Like, that felt like therapy. And she's yeah. like, I know, right? Yeah. I say that all the time. It literally was, and she had this whole, like, mind-blowing realization on camera yeah. about a childhood trauma, literally unboxed right there, and went, Whoa. Yeah. And afterwards, when we turned it off, she's like, dang, I'm tired now. <laughs> and then, like, I think I even said that on the video, that I was tired. <laughs> At the whole week, I was, like, learning from that one realization. Because, you know, a lot of you guys know that I have an addiction, and I quit drinking alcohol two and a half years ago. And so I had to, I had to like start fresh and start over and figure out all the things that like made me happy and how I could um, still enjoy life because I partied a lot. We I was talked talking about Jesse in a lot of our earlier episodes because we were both kind of fresh in the we don't drink anymore yeah. deal. Well, Jesse had to do it too. Yes, I yeah. also did that. Yes. Yeah. So you had to start fresh also. Yes. I always, I don't know, I don't talk about it the same, yeah. but we did it at the same time. We've talked about it how she had to like relearn how to go to concert. And that's one of the things where we do Dirty Sisters meetups and we have the Buzz Club, which, you know, we're going to have a new twist on soon. Going back to your happy things as a new you. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And so she came to this like realization, a childhood trauma realization, and then she went back and started reevaluating. All of the fucking things. It's sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> well, so what it I came down to camping. <laughs> yeah, and so well that, and I needed to hug a tree. We needed a fire. Sometimes your childhood trauma you have to work through. But Jesse also, when I was explaining these things to her, she's like, you have to work through your childhood joys as well. So that you can go back and figure out what it is that you really enjoyed doing before the trauma, before the drugs, before the alcohol. Because throughout those years, as you grew up, you had good joys from your childhood too. 
like me, I loved to put on shows and stuff and like do like uh, talent shows with the kids in the apartment complexes and put on like like we do right now, you know, the things that yeah. we do now. Um, I loved to do that, and Jesse and I were talking about that. Jesse did the same thing, you know. She loved to do that shit, singing and ca- making up like skits and different things. So like, one thing about drugs and alcohol using is that people self-medicate to deal with what they're going through now, current traumas, but they also do it to mask childhood traumas. Yeah, shit that you want to bury. Yeah, they use that to bury or. They use it to let loose. When you let loose, you finally are free to do the things that you want to do. And that's and funny. That enjoy. And it's funny because a lot of times you act a fool and you dress up and you act weird and you do the things that, let's say, Jesse and I do. You wear funny hats or put on everybody's hat or do something randomly stupid at the bar. And I'm not saying everybody, but it's like you do these things and when you are drinking, you are able to go back to that fun kid type behavior. Yes, you have to go back and revisit childhood trauma. Yes, you have to go back and say, okay, when did I have to grow up? Or when did I start going, I need to escape from this? Yeah. You need to go back to that. You have to revisit the trauma. You have to work through the trauma. But you also have to revisit the joy. Yeah. You have to go back and revisit both. What used to make me happy doesn't make me happy now. Do I want to let loose in that way? Yeah. Is that still my hobby? These kind of things like music and concerts. This thing where you have to go back and remember how to have fun. Yeah. And how to have fun in the way that you're not afraid of what people think. Yeah. Because... Then you are the truly fuck able. Even cares. Yeah, yeah, and then you're truly able just to have a good time and let loose. When you're a kid, you're able to have an imagination. You're able to um, dress up, and people don't look at you as weird and stuff like that. So as you're growing up, you get to a certain age where you don't do those things anymore, and a lot of people don't do those things anymore because it's frowned upon. <coughs> By that age group. She used Barbies, for example. There's <laughs> yeah. an age where you're supposed to outgrow playing with Barbies and dolls. Yeah. Um, like the transition from toddler to kid, from kid to teen, from yeah. teen to adult. All of these are really weird transitions where like, you have to become a whole new version. And all of the things that you liked before are no longer in your age bracket. Yeah. Like you can't take... Elmo with you all the way to fucking whatever. That's weird as fuck. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, fuck Elmo anyways, but (laughs) that's not But yeah, it's weird as fuck. It's like you you have to, you are constantly changing versions of yourself. Yeah. So. But um, there are certain things ingrained in you that will make you happy. Yes. And a lot of those things you lose as you are forced into new levels. So, like, there's, okay, there's this I'll go play some fucking Barbies right now, man, and I'll feel great. Well, we had that episode (laughs) with fucking Brett Wilson, Roots of Creation, where he was like, dang, this is fun to dress up as a kid and have a fucking sippy cup and throw a fit. I needed to do this. Yeah. You know, it does feel nice. Yeah. (laughs) It's a different kind of let loose. And, And it's the same kind of let loose, like, feeling Except for you don't wake up with the hangover and you don't have, like, some weird addiction. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. As you change and you grow into another person and you have to figure out what you like, it's nice to go back to that 
version of you. And so um, we know that not most of you are on our Patreon and we're going to leave all of that deep stuff there. But one takeaway is don't call her Missy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. She's not Missy. <laughs> Because we did say, I did, we did say that, yeah. <laughs> there are some people who can, you know. Literally, Demir called me Jesus for a whole day, so. <laughs> He's totally calling her Jesus the whole time. I was like, what? I didn't what? understand the segue, but I still answered to it. <laughs> I know that's me. I believe you remind him of a childhood friend. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, okay. I remember now. Okay. <laughs> yes. So we went camping for one night. Then the next day, we had an interview. We had to be back at the house, packed up and clean, <laughs> because we had an interview. I literally just threw my hair down and like with a curling iron and then makeup. So I felt really cool. Like I just had went camping and then I came back and I like had to just <laughs> immediately get work, like ready for work. And we did. And so <laughs> the reason we're talking about addiction is because we interviewed Kelly Knoll from Bradley's house. It's the Knoll Family Foundation opening Bradley's house. Yes. Yeah, and Kelly sat down and talked with us um, and just told us a little bit about what was going on with that foundation and what they're trying to accomplish and why they're trying to accomplish it. There are a lot of artists, uh, musical artists, struggling out there with addiction. So they are hoping to create a healthy connection between sobriety and music. And they'll be opening up a six-bed house called Bradley's House in the name of Bradley Knoll from Sublime. Here is that interview. Here you go. Hi there. How's it going? <laughs> How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? Welcome to a nameless production. We're usually Thank not this. Uh, well, I usually am like this, but. All good. <laughs> so how's your Sunday going? Fabulous. I actually was getting some work done, so I'm feeling super productive. That's cool. Um, we wanted to have you on here because, you know, we, we've seen a lot about what you guys are doing and everything for the foundation and stuff. And so we just wanted to maybe pick your brain, get more information, get you guys, um, get the people we know to know who you guys are. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. So um, we started the No Family Foundation about five years ago, my family and I. And that was when my nephew, Jacob, Brad, uh, Brad's son, was in recovery. And we started to just realize the specific needs of musicians going through recovery, you know, both involving music in their process, but also carrying it beyond that and being able to maintain sobriety while they're on the road and, you know, that kind of thing. And so that just sort of got us talking. And it had been over 20 years since we lost my brother and it just seemed like, you know, maybe we should try to pull something together that would allow us to use some of the contacts that we have and um, and maybe try to do some good and help people avoid the same type of fate that, that Brad did. So um, that's kind of how it started. And we didn't really know what we were going to do or how we were going to do it, but we just figured, you know what, let's just, let's just start and and try to make something happen. It's better than, than doing nothing and wishing we would. So that right. was really how we got started. Okay. Um, now, for those of our listeners who don't know who Brad is, who is Brad? Brad is Bradley Knoll, the lead singer of Sublime. He died of a heroin overdose 26 years ago, and he was my brother, two and a half years older. 
you watched his addiction, you watched him lose his addiction, then you watched his son go down the same road. Um, did you go through any type of addiction yourself or was this something you just saw from the outside? From the outside. I, um, I was a very heavy drinker when I was younger, but because Brad being older, um, he was sort of my cautionary tale, you know? So when I saw him doing all the things he was doing, it made me want to avoid any kind of hard drugs. And so, you know, fortunately I was able to avoid all of that. Um, and, and somehow I was able to avoid the addiction gene. If, you know, there is such a thing. I know a lot of people believe that, that it is genetic. I happen to have seen evidence of that. So I do believe there's a very good chance that it is genetic. Uh, it definitely runs in my family. Yeah. And, you know, so just watching it, of course, when I was younger, I was 25 when Brad died and I didn't know anything about addiction. I just didn't get it. I didn't understand why he would choose <laughs> to shoot up when things were finally going so well, why he would choose to do that drug when he had a new wife and a new baby. And, um, you know, it wasn't until much later that I realized that at that point, it was not a choice for him. And so you have dedicated, I mean, it seems like you've dedicated your life to this foundation, right? <laughs> it just sure feels like it. Yeah. I do work time. I work full time in addition to this. So uh, most of my free time is spent, spent trying to build the foundation. So evenings and weekends, and, you know, we try to go to as many music festivals as we can. I've got a phenomenal team now that is making this happen with me, which I feel so fortunate because because I really was eating, breathing, and sleeping the foundation for a long time in addition to my work and, and being a single mom. And it just was, it was a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I always laugh and say I'm getting. I'm, we're doing Dirty Sisters and Nameless. Uh, and I'm a single mom now. And so I, I relate to that one where you're like, yeah. okay, people get on board. Right. <laughs> So we've seen you guys at multiple music festivals. We've gone to, we've seen you guys at Sea Legs. For yeah, benefit we've had some concerts. benefit shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been to a lot of those. We saw you guys at Cali Vibes. Um, what is something that fans and people at the music festivals can do to support you guys? You know, really just what we're doing right now, getting the word out. We're fortunately in a position to hopefully start... <sighs> getting a place open. I've, I've kind of been hinting at it over the past six months and yes. we have some really exciting things coming. So I just want to make sure we've got all our ducks in a row before we announce, but, um, but, you know, really at this point, it's always going to be, um, we're always going to need to be raising funds. It's always going to yes. be a struggle as a nonprofit because we want to offer the services free of charge and make sure whether someone has insurance or not, regardless, we don't want to turn away any musicians that are struggling with an opioid addiction. And so um, we're always going to be in the fundraising process, which is a challenge. But, you know, there are a lot of people that that have been touched by this opioid epidemic and do have the funds to be able to help out. And it's yeah. just a matter of finding those people. And so that's why it really does make a difference to help get the word out, because you just never know. We never know who's going to be listening to this podcast. Well, it's, it's also something that's close to home for my family. I lost a cousin to oh, heroin addiction. I'm so um, sorry. In San Diego. Uh, his name was Evan Quick. And actually my Aunt Shelly was fighting to push Laura's Law, where uh -huh. it would help people struggling with addiction get mental help, mm. like right. assistance without 
the insurance or if they just were denied. It's, right. Such so a, a little need. bit the same where getting the people the help that they need so that they don't have to rely on a different path. Exactly. And, you know, mental health issues play so much a part of addiction. They, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that it's really possible to have one without the other. And quite honestly, I think everybody has some mental health issues. I 100% agree. Yeah. My therapist jokes that instead of uh, having a college fund for our kids, we should have therapy funds. <laughs> And yes, because therapy is definitely expensive. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and we could all use some help, you know, straightening out our heads every now and then. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it, it just finding coping mechanisms and all of that, I think, comes into play with addiction when people are trying to self-medicate. So, yeah. you know, they really go hand in hand. I have a long history of uh, addictive personalities and addiction myself. Um when I was very young, in my early teens, I started using um, methamphetamines, and I mm -hmm. started using those for a good, you know, five years, six years of my life, and that was my whole adolescence. And oh, wow. um, it caught me. It caught me. And so yeah. I was very young. Um, I went through a lot of life, um, a lot of things that young twenty-year-olds don't go through. Um, I, you know, ended up going to prison. I ended up going and doing just really, you know, I, and when I came back out, I'm like, I never want to be in that situation in my life again. Yeah, um, powerful. And so luckily I was able to get out of the, the circle of it because sometimes when you're that young and you find yourself in that position, it's hard to figure out a different life. Right. And so, um, so I have, I mean, with that, it's been 22 years, you know, oh, good um, for you, but unfortunately later on down my life, I did find myself, um, having an alcohol issue, you know, mm. and, and it all kind of caught up with me the whole, well, that's not who I am. This is who right. I am. Um, I'm going to be this best version of myself. And then that best version of myself got very hard and the alcohol got easy. Mm. And so um, you know, it took me a while. And so now I quit drinking about two and a half years ago and, wow. um, I met Jesse. So one thing that you mentioned Kelly was coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate how you guys are using music as a new focus. Melissa mm. and I used art as yeah. our focus. Wonderful. So we yeah. started doing installation. I, I respect how Bradley's house is going to use music as that use this as it for the lack of a better term use this as your new addiction music is your new right addiction. yeah yeah absolutely and i think any program that doesn't recognize the importance of art music you know literature those types of things in certain people's lives and and you know doesn't understand the the power that that can have is really yeah it's, it's handicapping people, you know? So I know there are a lot of great organizations out there. One of our board members is the founder of Rock to Recovery. They do some great work incorporating music into different programs. And um, there's just, you know, Recovery Unplugged is all over the country. There's just so many great programs out there, but there's just not enough, you know? Yeah. And I think it's really, there are some unique things that, that people that are creative go through in recovery things that can help them be more successful yeah. things that you know if you if you put the focus on the right place it's just one more arrow in the quiver you know nothing's guaranteed but yeah. anything that we can do to help make that process more successful just one more time is worth it 
Right. And like with us, we have Dirty Sisters organization. We started it and that's kind of like when I used to get off work, I used to think, oh, I need to get home and get a drink, you know? Mm. And now I get off work and I'm like, oh crap, I've got like 30 things on my list. I got this (laughs) and this and this done. I've got like seven girls I have to call and like comfort. And it's, 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 you know, that's my new, my new thing. They, they do say you have to, you have to replace it with something else. Right. It's it's definitely something that has to be replaced. If you don't replace it, then there's going to be an emptiness there. And then that's going to be the void. And people are going to be like, oh, I need that drug or I need that alcohol because that's there's a void still. Right. Right. um, Recovery doesn't happen in a vacuum. It doesn't. And and it does not happen overnight either. (laughs) Mm. You know, I mean, I'm still learning so many things about myself. Two and a half years later, Jesse and I do this podcast and half of the time I'm literally going through a therapy session while we're doing it (laughs) because I'm like, Oh my God, I just realized something about myself. Like a whole like vision of my whole face and reaction. <laughs> it's like, let's take some time to unpack that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's very good, but you know, we should all really be growing our whole lives. And that's one of the things that I admire so much about 12 step programs and recovery programs is that they really put you on a path towards self-development towards self-improvement, you know, analyzing yourself, why you do the things you do, your relationships with others. And a lot of times because of that growth and that work that people are doing, it puts them so much farther ahead of their peers that aren't in a program, whether they're struggling with addiction or not, you know? So I do think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing for anybody, those 12 steps, but um, you know, those types. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just say those types of programs, I think, are often underrated as far as the benefits that they have to everybody. Yeah. Um, I, and that and that hits home to me, too, because um, when I first stopped, I went to rehab, but um, I and I did 90 meetings in 90 days. Um, wow, good after for you. The 90 meetings in 90 days, though, I was like, listen, the meetings and the 12 steps, it's not for me. Like, I have to find something else that is like going to fulfill me because for me, um, I felt like, um, I don't know when I went, I felt like I was like reliving a part of me that I was like, not really proud of. So, Uh um, I didn't want to live like I was an alcoholic forever. I just wanted to stop drinking and so far I've been okay. (laughs) Good, good. You know, recovery, in my opinion, is all about finding what works for you. I don't think there's a one size fits all. And so, you know, I think that's probably why sometimes it'll take multiple times because, you know, it's got to be the right timing. It's got to be the right program. It's got to be the right path. And I think that's different for everybody. And I always stress that to me, what's important is not that people recover a certain way. It's just that they recover, you know, that you get the life that you want to live. What is it you would rather be doing than struggling with this addiction than, you know, or having it destroy your life. Let's focus on that. And whatever helps you get there. That's, that's what matters. What does the Knoll Foundation do? What, what does it entail? What do you guys help people do? Our, our mission is to help people in the music industry that are struggling with addiction. So our, our main focus right now is getting Bradley's house open, which will provide treatment to people in the music industry free of charge. So, um, where everything that we've been focusing on since we opened has been to raise money to make this happen. But along the way, 
we've been really fortunate that we've been able to, of course, connect with a lot of people at events. We have a lot of people that come hang out at the booth during events because they know it's a safe place. We've had people come who were tripping super hard at a festival and um, you know, just sat at our booth for hours and hung out with us because they knew they would be okay. And, yeah. um, you know, we've helped people get medical help at festivals. We have helped people get referrals who reach out to us for help. We have a wonderful person on our board, Tyson Sullivan, who works in the recovery industry and he's got a lot of contacts and knows a lot of resources. And so he's graciously helped out with you know, providing people recommendations and even getting people scholarships into places and whether, you know, regardless of where they are in the country. So I'm really excited that we've been able to do that before we've even got the house open. Right. So you guys are going to be an actual facility. Yes. Yeah. So the goal is to open an actual residential facility okay. that will give the guys a place to stay at while we help them, you know, and get them into a clinical program and teach life skills and, you know, focus on, how they can maintain sobriety in the music industry once they leave Bradley's house. Um, that's the goal. And then recording music will be part of the program while they're there? We'll have a music room. I, I think it would be wonderful to have a studio at some point. I don't know financially. I mean, that's not a priority right off the bat. Yeah. But, but the goal, you know, is just to provide um, an environment where they can recover and still incorporate music, still embrace music so that that doesn't become a negative for them. You know, so many yeah. people, because the music becomes a part of their addiction, then when they get clean, they don't know how to go back into that. And something that was their passion, their reason for living now becomes something that they feel like they're at odds with. Mm -hmm. And so being able to unite that into their life as a sober musician, I think will be really powerful. We went through this as fans of like the music industry. Uh -huh. Both of us are over two years. We quit drinking. Going back awesome. to a concert after you quit drinking mm. yeah. is one of those. You go back into your usual happy right. place. And then it's not that happy place anymore because <laughs> you have to figure out your new happy. And people are in your face and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. <laughs> surrounded by the words and the sounds that you love without, like you said, without it turning into a negative. Exactly. I like that support. Yeah. And that's really what it is. I mean, it's not about creating um, anything magical. It's just about finding the things that matter to you and fanning the flame of that passion in a healthy way. So you said, uh, guys, is this, this just for the guys right now or the, the first facility will be there. Okay. There. Yeah. The, the outcomes with gender specific recovery are so much greater and, you know, it just, it gives everybody a chance to heal in a, in a safe, healthy environment without having to worry about, you know, male, female issues and relationships right. and that kind of thing. So this first house will be men only. And then my goal is to make the next house women only and, and we'll see where it goes from there. Got it. So how, how far away from um, opening are you guys? What, what needs to be done? What, how can people help you guys get it done quicker? That's, that's a great question. So we have, like I said, mostly been focusing on raising money and that will always be an issue. We have uh, almost $300,000 right now, which really puts us in a position to be able to get open in a, in a modified way. So what we're looking at doing right now is opening the residential house and then finding a clinical partner where we can take the guys for their you know therapy and group meetings and all that kind of stuff. I just, our, our initial goal was to raise $750,000, do it all in-house 
And it just seemed like that was taking so long, to be honest. And so I started talking with different people who've done it and getting some ideas and realizing that we don't have to start with the full shebang, you know, it's, we can, we can step up. And so uh, right now we are in talks with some different consultants about them helping us to get started in that direction. So honestly, my goal is to have the house open within the next six to 12 months. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And so do you guys have a location secured already? Or are you guys still trying to find the location as well? Not looking at a location right now because I want to find that clinical partner first. Okay. I want to find somebody. And we we found a great organization out on the East Coast in the Baltimore area called Glasshouse Recovery. They do great work. Their curriculum is geared towards creatives. They're an outpatient facility. And we were super excited to partner with them. But just the challenges of trying to make that happen across the country yeah. as our as our first facility was just becoming a little challenging. So we're looking a little closer to home and just once we can find that clinical partner, then we can find a place near them. And I'm just going to allow that to kind of drive it because to me, that's the most important component is that, you know, finding the right partner that, that understands what we're trying to do, that understands the specific needs of creative people, people in the music industry and finding a way that we can, you know, um, become a part of that. And then that will dictate where we put the facility. Got it. So you said closer to home. Where are you guys? Where are you located in case people don't know? Because we we have people all over the United States. Right. We're in Southern California. So my dad is still in Long Beach. I'm now down in Orange County. Um, So our thoughts originally were to open a place in South Orange County. We had a medical director down here that was going to help us out. So we wanted to be close to him. Um, but he's since retired. So now that we finally have the money, he's, he's retired. So that actually opens things up, gives us more options. And I'm just trying to keep, keep my eyes and ears open. Like I said, for the right clinical partner, because I do believe once we have that component, everything else will be really easy to make happen. Okay. What if the right clinical partner is listening right now? Like, what are you looking for, for that? Just in case, you know, because you never know, there might be somebody interested in doing that for you guys or excellent point, Melissa, to me, the, the right clinical partner will have a curriculum for, you know, their group meetings and such that are, that is a bit out of the box. I really think, you know, there's a lot of great recovery programs and I, I definitely am not condemning any of those. They're so successful, but I really think that what I would like to see for Bradley's house is something different, something a little less mainstream. And, you know, as I said, something that can really be adapted towards the unique needs of people in the music industry. I think, I think that's definitely going to be something beneficial to our musical artists for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's such a need, you know, and I just, I feel the pressure of getting open as soon as we can. We never thought it would take this long. You know, we thought, oh, great. As soon as we start, this will be, this will happen quickly. Um, And it just didn't, it didn't work that way. And, you know, life happens and I've had a lot of stuff with family issues and lost a couple of friends and, you know, just things happen and, um, and not well, and the world shut down for two years too. <laughs> yeah, there was that. Too. So, I mean, yeah. there's two whole years you guys were like not allowed to live life. Yeah. Well, you so. know what? The, in, in such a beautiful gift from the universe, those two years of COVID were some of the best years for us because our friends at Law Records had reached out to us in 2019 and asked if they could put together a Sublime 
tribute album to benefit the foundation. And that's where the house, the Bradley belt came from. That was law records and um, Paul Milbury, the general manager approached me after we had met at Cali roots in 2019. And about six months later, he reached out and said, you know, Hey, we'd like to do this and donate all the proceeds to the foundation. I was like, wow, that would be incredible if you could make that happen. And he did, he pulled together over 55 artists who all did sublime covers, donated their performances and um, put out the album and, and law records has raised over a hundred thousand dollars for us now, which is remarkable. Yeah. So that's been phenomenal because otherwise you're right. I mean, we would have been so severely handicapped, not being able to do events um, those couple of years, but, but it, it worked out great where we were able to continue to sustain because of that. And then we started the Bradley's house podcast and we've had a bunch of the artists from the album on there and um, you know, just all these different things that we're trying. We did a live stream um, just anything that we could think of to, to get the word out and let people know that we're here, not only to help them, but you know, also that they can be a part of it and be a part of getting Bradley's house open. And raising funds because that's a never ending thing for never ending support. How can people Mm -hmm. do that? You have merchandise, you have albums. What can people do? And where can they go? Thank you. Those are great questions. So our website is a great resource and that's the noelfamilyfoundation.org. I'm pretty sure it's the longest URL in history, but anyway, <laughs> the And uh, we have all of our merchandise on there. We've got hoodies and t-shirts and we just added beanies. We've got coffee from North County Roastery in Oceanside that is to die for, I might single-handedly be supporting our coffee business, but <laughs> well, Danny, now it. we might because we yeah. love coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so good. It's whole bean coffee. And Jacob, um, Brad's son and I went down and picked out the beans that we wanted and the roast that we wanted. And it was really fun. It was, That's it was like wine tasting, but with coffee, we unfortunately, coffee. yeah, yeah we do that. We, we love that idea. That's the that's a great idea. Yeah, it was Wine super fun. Coffee. Super fun. I do recommend that you do it earlier in the day. I had to do it after work at, on a weeknight. And so I was up all night, but no, it was totally no, worth it. <laughs> well, you got a lot yeah. of work done that day, didn't you? <laughs> That's right. I did. I was on fire. But um, the coffee is all thanks to Kevin Shin, who owns North County Roastery and the Switchboard Restaurant, and now Canvas gallery and bar um, down in Oceanside. They're all right next door to each other. Great place. He's a phenomenal human being. He's done so much for the foundation. So, you know, already in the last five years, we've been so fortunate. We've got great support from Merge 4. They produce a few different types of socks for us. And um, I don't know, just so many, so many people um, that I really just, it's humbling. It's humbling to see that after all this time, you know, this is all because of what Brad did. And it's all because people still are impacted by his music and they their love for him and for the music is why people want to get involved and I just it's very humbling and we feel super honored that people want to be a part of this we think it's magical that he was part of what shaped the music mm. that we listen to and Big it's time. beautiful that you guys are coming back around to continue to support people so that that music can continue to go on yeah absolutely and you know with it they were such sublime was such a big presence in Southern California. Now you guys are in Southern California, right? Yeah. yeah we're in, yes. uh, we're actually in orange County right now. Where are you? Um, off from Ware Canyon. Oh, okay. What yeah. a small world. We're probably really close to you. We probably yeah. got together. <laughs> 
well, what a small world well if yeah, you, you ever know. let us see your face we can always get together <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> funny I'm happy to get together I just don't like being on camera and people give me shit about it which is fine I can handle it but um you know I've, I've always been a very private person and so it, I, it was never my plan to be the face of the foundation that was going to be my dad and um unfortunately you know his, his health has um, declined a little bit in the past years and so that's just not something that has worked out, but, but I am really working hard to push Jacob more to the front. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's so great. You know, he gives great interviews. He, he carries yeah. himself so well. He's such an incredible young man and so talented. And so I'm hoping that he can be the face of the foundation someday when I can finally retire. <laughs> right. And, and he, he also has a background in that too. So it's nice that people will be able to inspired by him. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. he's, He's launched his solo career this year and he's just writing some phenomenal music. Oh, yes. He's really come a long way. I got to see him perform at our pre-party before Reggae Rise Up in Vegas last month. And I hadn't seen him perform since June and I couldn't believe the difference. In like three and a half months, he has come so far and just keeps growing as a person and an artist. And yeah. I'm really, really proud of him. Well, that's good. I'm glad that he can, um, you know, make his dad proud too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask you this. How did you guys discover Sublime? I always like to hear people's Sublime stories. Oh, dang. I was, I was in like seventh grade when I started listening to Sublime though. Like, nice. it just, yeah, it was just that Sublime was one of the biggest bands that me and my friends ever had. And like my friend got like one of the uh, tapes or I think I uh -huh. think cassette tape and we were just wow. so stoked we must have played that thing over and over again to where you had to like reel it in and like yes <laughs> it gets all stuck and you're all yep no I like that song right. and it rips and you're like you have yeah um, you gotta I've, stick the I've pencil in there to reel it in yeah yeah sublime pretty much like like Jesse said earlier it like paved my 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 music my music likes for the rest of my life like that's where wow. it all started like when I was 13 so that's I love 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 sublime I was the youngest of four girls so oh, wow. I had big sisters and it was just playing all the time wow my sister Lindsay would sing two joints <laughs> and she would scream bah! <laughs> I love that. And I remember that more than anything else from when I was little. <laughs> Classic. I love that. Well, we're running low on time and I don't want it to cut off without us saying anything. We oh, have okay. about a minute left. And okay. I know she can't see that. I can't. I'm all, <laughs> where is it? <laughs> um, I just wanted to say thank you so much. You've talked to one of my sisters. She's given you guys tips and advice. She's a counselor a drug and addiction counselor out in Idaho. And it's just really nice to see you guys collecting all the information that you can to make it the most beautiful Bradley's house foundation that I can. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much. I really yeah. appreciate you having me on the show and helping us get the word out. We really are doing this together, you know, everybody, and we couldn't do it on our own. Um, the support has been amazing and, and we're really, really grateful for that. So thank you. One more thing, tell them again, if they want to make a donation, where can they go? thenoelfamilyfoundation.org. We also have a link tree that has links to our PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, all that. And it's linktr.ee slash Foundation. Okay, perfect. Oh, very crooked. <laughs> Her. That's how my eyebrows are. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
been all fucking fast, all in the dark. Exactly how she did for the interview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, having that conversation with Kelly was super awesome. It was great to get to really um, hear about what's going on and how they've been working so hard. It's one of those things where it was an, it started as an idea and then they were like, we're just going to do it. And then they got the support of Law Records and it just kind of blossomed. And they're not as far as they want to be. Yeah. They go everywhere, right? They go to festivals. Yes. They go... I mean, I think it's Southern California, you know, Long Beach, Orange County, San Diego, the general area, but you'll find them at festivals. I like how she said, like, their booth, it, it became a safe space. Yeah. You know, for people who want to talk to them or have a story to share or a connection to make, but also people who might have tripped too hard and need somewhere where they know they will be okay. Yeah. And I like that, that they're not judgmental to that. that yes. So they're open to people coming if they just need to sit there. People go to festivals, they go places, and they take too much of something, and they're just like, ah, shit, and they don't know what to do. I'm glad that they have that. It's something that's very important to a lot of people that we know. Jennifer Aldrich, I want to give her a shout out. You know, we've had her on our show. Bradley's house is very special to her to help people get off of opiate addictions. They lost family members to that, and that's one of the reasons she started making edibles was to be able to help people have a safer, better way to work through issues and pain and things yeah. like that. There are a lot of other options out there. If anyone is struggling, reach out. Yeah, that that's one big thing right there is a lot of times people don't know that you're struggling. Like, And, you know, open, open your mind to reaching out to somebody. Having somebody on your side when you're going through something is a lot easier than trying to struggle and do it on your own, you know? So there are places, the Noel Found, you know, the whole Noel Foundation, us, you know, all the places that, that offer the help. If you need it, you know, take it. I don't know how to say it, but you can lose the battle really easily. And addiction takes over. If you're not careful, if you dive into it, addiction takes over. It can take you out. Um, and it's not just addiction. It can be depression. It can be yeah. harmful thoughts. It can be a lot of different things. Intrusive thoughts. If you have any of these things, it's okay to get help. It's okay to admit them. It's okay yeah. to reach out. And I think it's a wonderful thing to make sure that you let the people around you know what you're going through. The people who are on your team and there for you, yeah. they're going to be there for you. They'll look it up. They'll know how to work through it with you. Yeah, exactly. There are places out there, their whole goal is to help people. It's the same with Dirty Sisters. Our goal is to help people. It's Jen. Her, her goal was to help people. It's a beautiful thing. And one thing that Kelly said was, she already knows that there's a lot of other ones out there, rehabs and, you know, safe homes or safe houses, halfway houses dedicated to music. They want to do one their way and there's never too many. It's not about competition. It's about helping people. Right, exactly. And and the thing is, is the more the merrier when it comes to this because... The more the single, healthier. Yeah, the more the healthier, yes. Yeah. Every single day somebody is getting caught up in it and every single day somebody is losing the battle. My inbox is always open. And if 
anybody ever needs to talk about their struggle with trying to stop and and make changes, then I'm the gal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Melissa you know? went through it. She has a lot of really good advice. And and I've learned a way of life that um, that I'm able to reconnect with, with myself in a way that I still enjoy life and I still have fun. And, and the thing is this, when I first quit and I first stopped partying and doing it that way, because dang, I still party, you know, partying to me now is, you know, we're partying right now. It's almost 10 o'clock. And so we're out having a good time. I'm getting that same feel. And, um, I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. It's late. See? Uh, So a lot of reaching your goal, is having the right support system and Bradley's house was lucky to have the support of Law Records. We talked about this with Sir Frodio. He has the support of all of Ventura behind yeah. him. Like that shit is cool. You know, we have Dirty Sisters. We have the whole yeah. music community behind us. Like, yeah, we're all out here helping each other and it, it's really magical. Persistence. Persistence matters. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your goals. Yeah. It matters in sobriety. It matters in careers. It matters in anything you want to do. It matters in music. You have to keep going. You have to practice. You have to work. You got to keep going. It's yeah. the same for us. We are still going. It felt nice to talk to her and hear like, yeah, it takes longer than you expect. Like we needed that advice. Yeah. We needed to hear those things as well. You know, we're not creating a rehab, but we have a compassion project. We want to give what we can to everybody that we can to be able to link up with organizations and foundations like them. It's really special. Yeah, it is. It was a good ending to the week for me. Because in the beginning of the week, I had these weird realizations. All week long, I was having things happen that gave me gratitude and humbled me. Um, I feel like I gave out good vibes to a lot of people that needed it. And I was able to give that energy to other people because I was able to reconnect with myself. Yeah. And so... The happy side. Yeah. And so I was able to give that joy out and it was nice and so it was a good ending to the week having that going camping doing all this stuff spontaneous melissa who you know had a good night it was quick it was fast it was it was fun really nice um i hurt like hell (laughs) i want to do this more often so we started by saying it's okay to ask for help You need to know when to ask for help, whether you're an individual struggling through something, through an addiction, or through a relationship, or just you can't make a decision. Depression, anxiety. Reach out. You need to know when to ask for help. You also need to know to ask for help when you are not physically able to do stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like change tires. Yeah. And I got a flat tire today on the way to the studio. (laughs) Her boss even came in and was like, I think someone slashed your tire. It's on the wall. It's like, Yeah, it's weird. It looks like someone slashed my tire. I tried my fucking hardest <laughs> to get the tire off. I was like, oh, I even tried my hardest too. <laughs> and then she tried her it. hardest again. Yep, and I couldn't get it. Couldn't get the lug nuts off. I kicked it. I stood on it. I did all the shit you guys said. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, you don't have the spoons for this. <laughs> Jesse, save the spoons. Save the spoons. I can do it myself. <laughs> Fuck. I'm here. I'm all, I tried. <laughs> she tried. 
<laughs> You'll never convince me I need somebody. I'm all, uh, I think you're gonna need help. No, I'm not. <laughs> Tomorrow, you guys, when Jesse's going, I don't know why my whole body and my back, and I can't feel my, my fucking hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Fucking shit. I'm all <laughs> I did have to ask for help today. So thank you, Demir, and thank you, Cole, for coming and helping me. Yeah, my son came and uh, switched out the tire for her, so that was nice. We were able to get <laughs> Jessie to at least understand that she cannot do that. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. I'll do it. She was. I can do it. <laughs> and so I couldn't do it. Yeah. And that's, you know, I have to admit that and I have to be willing to say, all right, some things I am not physically able to do. And that was one of them. And I did a little bit hurt myself trying. Yeah, a little bit. I, you guys know she's going to wake up tomorrow, watch, watch the internet. <laughs> and it already hurt. <laughs> My I, I, I tried to, and my body hurts, too, from, like, just the pulling of it. <laughs> I am broken. Well, that was her morning on the way here. On my way here, I stopped at the grocery store, and um, I was standing in line, and I had I haven't talked to any other people that whole morning. Um, I get to the store. I'm putting my stuff up there, and I can hear the, check, the checker and the customer talking, and the customer says, oh, happy birthday to you, too, and the checker's like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. We're birthday twins. And I'm like eavesdropping and I'm like, stand up and I look and I'm like, seriously, it's both your birthdays. <laughs> and they both look at me and go, no. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And so the customer's like, it's my birthday every day. And so I guess every time he comes in, the cashier tells him happy birthday. It's like an inside joke. So like I hopped in on their inside joke. And so the guy, the customer, he's like, all right, have a good day. And he looks at me and he goes, happy birthday. And I tell him, happy birthday. And he tells the cashier, happy birthday. And then I do my transaction and the cashier tells me, all right, bye, happy birthday. And so happy fucking birthday, everybody. Happy birthday. <laughs> if it's not your birthday, happy birthday. And it is, if it is your birthday, then we didn't mean to hijack your birthday. Yeah. So happy, happy birthday. Happy extra birthday. <laughs> Officially. Officially. Just the quick DSL updates. Dirty Sisters, we are working to be a nonprofit. Um, we have that already started and we have some pins in the works. So please watch for a pin drop. That's going to be helping out Florida. Jay Cantor of Street Level Uprising, we had him on our show before, reached out and we are able to offer whatever help we can. Yeah. And that is how we will do that. So for rebuilding efforts and cleanup efforts, keep an eye out. And also keep an eye out for our Dirty Scissors Jam sessions. We are working every single day on that. And that will be donated in Janelle Self's name. So, so it will be the self-help project for those of you who um, are unable to help yourself. Yes. It will be a helping hand for those who can't help themselves. Yeah. And because Janelle Self, self-help. It's, I know she would love it. Yes. Absolutely. So, yes, visit the website. When yeah. you support a business, it's not a set number. Things like 
Dirty Sisters and Bradley's House and the Knoll Family Foundation, they are forever funded projects. Like they need the endless support so that goodness can continue to yeah. go and people can continue to receive help and support and love. Yeah. So if you can, you know, show some love. Yeah. Go follow exactly. their podcast. They have a podcast. The likes, the subscribes, those help, the shares, those help. They have merch you can buy. Same for Dirty Sisters. We have our website. We have a podcast. You're watching it. We, you know, we have all of the things that you can do. So show the love. Oh, I am. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not. <laughs> Kinda. I can see myself. <laughs> I've watched it a lot of times. So show the yeah. love where you can. And whether it's big support or small support, any support helps. And that support trickles down to help a lot of people, and it's just very, very nice. Yeah. And we just want everyone to be nice. We do, and we are... Be nice, fuckers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really, Jesse and I are working really hard to do so much good in so many different places that I just, I can't wait. We started this episode telling you guys we have a lot of stuff coming, and we do. And it's going to be amazing. Um, one of the things that we have coming, and I wanted to say this, is Jesse and I are going to have a paint night at our studio in downtown Riverside on December 3rd. So this is going to be for women only. There's a limited number of spots. We'll be painting butts. <laughs> and if you want to know what that means, check us out online. Yeah, it's a, it's a total great girls night. And if you need a ladies' night, you need to get out. You're in the area, downtown Riverside area uh, in December. You should definitely sign up for this because it is going to be such an amazing night. I don't know. I tell you guys that being with Jesse and I is like a therapeutic experience. So um, imagine a ladies' night with this. It's going to be fun. <laughs> and we're going to have something for the guys shortly. So um, this is our first one we're going to throw here. And um, we've got many more ideas and um, actually not ideas, actually projects plans. and plans that are going to be happening very soon. Yes. No buts about it. No buts about it. Except for this one, there's buts. So. I'm all me. I'm a butt. No. The, <laughs> I the thought plan. you pointed to me. The plan. <laughs> yes. There are butts involved. So get your asses ready. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta get my ass in gear and get to work. So if anybody needs logos, him yet because I have to buy new tires. <laughs> I would like to work for it. Yeah. So Jesse will work for tires. Oh, also, Barefoot Radio is ending. The whole radio station has yeah. shut down. The whole station is ending. So it was very wonderful, and thank you guys for airing us. Dirty yeah. Sisters Hours was the bomb. It was great to be on there, and um, if you guys are any listeners from that or watching us from that, thank you for coming up back over and hanging out with us here. Yeah, and sticking around because yeah. we appreciate all the love and the listens, and and we're here for fun. We know that this episode is a little bit more serious, but it's fun because we want everybody to be able to enjoy the fun. So here were the tips that we had for the fun. Yeah. And Barefoot Radio was fun. Um, they had some station issues. If it's ever back up and running, we'll oh, be yeah, there. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. And so keep an eye out for all of the wonderful things that we have coming up. Keep an eye out. Is with your peepers. With your peepers. And yes. with your peepers, watch our music video. Yeah, did you guys see it? Did you see it? 
If not, go watch it. Yes. <laughs> Jesse worked so minutes. hard on it. Watch the whole, the whole thing. thing till the end. It's three minutes. <laughs> Dang, TikTok minds freaking everybody. Oh, only... we only have 45 seconds. Okay. Switch. I maxed out at 90. Switch. <laughs> Dang, you guys. Come on. Come on. A whole video. <laughs> so, if you made it this far, because this will probably be at the end of this episode, <laughs> good job. You probably watched the whole music video. And it was a damn good time. Yeah. Because life is good sometimes. And we want to help more people have more good times. So let the good times roll. Ooh. Peace out. Peace out. Babes, parody queens, cooler than you are me. Good time professionals with no listeners, bad intention influencers. For your evil seductions is the nameless productions. For your evil seductions is the nameless productions. For your evil seductions is the nameless productions.